0: Our culture says, look out for number one, me first, give me some more. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the biblical alternative.
1: Here comes Jesus who says, blessed are the merciful. But what is mercy? Mercy doesn't just say, oh, look at that poor person. Mercy says, I'm gonna do something for that poor person. I'm gonna feed that hungry person. I'm gonna be a friend to that lonely person. Mercy is basically pity plus action.
0: This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for
1: a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Can you hear all the angels are
0: singing? This is the day, the day when life begins During World War II, everyone made sacrifices Meatless Tuesdays, rationed petrol, sugar, meat, cooking oil and canned food. Nowadays, we post pictures of our excesses all over social media. Self-sacrifice begat the selfie. It's been called corrosive narcissism and our culture has never been more unhappy. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the problem. We're not following the Lord's prescription for happiness.
1: Let's dig in. We're in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And the title of my message is Happiness What It Is and How to Have It. God tells us how to be happy right here in Scripture. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, the point of entry is what we call the Beatitudes. Uh, Another way to put it is the Be Happy Attitudes. If you have these attitudes, you can indeed be a happy person because each beatitude starts with the word blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers and so forth. The word blessed is an interchangeable word with happiness. So you could just as easily take the word blessed out and put in the word happy. Happy are those that mourn over their sin. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are the pure in heart and so forth. So Jesus is really saying to us repeatedly, this is how you can be a happy person. So let's read them together. Matthew 5 starting in verse three. Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted thee the prophets that were before you. Now, when he says poor in spirit, that has nothing to do with how much money you have in your bank account, this is about your attitude toward God. It's poor in spirit. So another way to translate this is happy or blessed is the person who sees the real spiritual condition. And what is your real spiritual condition? You are spiritually destitute. You are spiritually impoverished. You are desperately in need of God. So if you want to be a happy person, you got to know that about yourself. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. So that's The beginning, blessed are the poor in spirit. Number two, unhappy people are happy people. I know that sounds contradictory. Let me put it another way. Happy people are unhappy people. Well, how does that work? Well, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The idea of mourning here is being sorry being sorry for my sin. So I mourn over my sin. So I see my condition before God as a sinner, but it's not a hopeless situation because there stands a Savior who died on the cross for me and shed his blood for every sin I've ever committed who's ready to pardon and forgive. But I say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. So blessed Are those that see themselves as they are? Blessed are those that mourn over that condition. Step number three happy are the humble. Happy are the humble, or blessed are the meek. Seeing myself as I really am produces a vital spiritual quality meekness. I'm humbled by the fact that God has forgiven me of my sin. So happy are the humble. Number four, happy are the spiritually hungry. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen, no matter how much you love, you ought to love more, right? No matter how much you pray, you always can pray more. I'm always wanting more of Jesus. And number five, happy people are merciful people. Verse seven, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, See, as a person of mercy, I understand and empathize with those that don't yet know the Lord because I used to be one of those people. I've seen myself as I really am, poor in spirit. I've wept over my condition. I've been humbled. It's caused meekness in my life. I have a new appetite for spiritual things. So I see somebody else that doesn't know the Lord yet and and I have mercy for them. By the way, when Jesus gave these words, Rome was in control of Israel. And the Romans did not value mercy. In fact, a Roman philosopher said, quote, mercy was a disease of the soul, end quote. See, the Romans were all about strength. If you ever look at Roman artifacts, especially statues of Roman leaders, they're always muscular. It's all about domination, bludgeoning people into submission, the will of Rome. And so they saw something like mercy as a a flaw, not a virtue. Here comes Jesus who says, blessed are the merciful. But what is mercy? It's very important that we know. In Matthew 6, 3, the word for mercy is used concerning almsgiving. Almsgiving. It means to help a person in need and rescue the miserable. Let me say that again. Mercy means to help a person in need. Mercy is a sense of pity plus a desire to relieve the suffering. See, mercy doesn't just say, oh, look at that poor person. Mercy says, I'm gonna do something for that poor person. Oh, look at that hungry person. Mercy says, I'm gonna feed that hungry person. Oh, look at that lonely person. Mercy says, I'm gonna be a friend to that lonely person. Mercy is basically pity plus action. Sometimes we'll have pity. Oh, I pity that person. Yeah, but mercy is different than pity. Mercy is saying, I'm gonna do something to alleviate their suffering. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Listen to this. The more righteous a person is, the more merciful they will be. The more sinful a person is, the more harsh and critical they will be. This is a very important distinction. Because sometimes people will, in in the guise of spirituality, be very condemning and very angry with non-believers or with anyone that does anything that disappoints them and they say that's spiritual, that's not spiritual. Godly people are merciful people. And if you're not a merciful person, you don't understand what it means to be a godly person who is a greater example of mercy than Jesus. Extending mercy to the woman caught in the actual act of adultery. Extending mercy to the woman at the well, married and divorced five times and living with the man at present. Extending mercy to the tax collector, Zacchaeus, who took advantage of people. Extending mercy to the thief on the cross next to him who was probably guilty of murder. Mercy, mercy, mercy everywhere he went. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Coming back to one of those principles we discovered, if you wanna be a happy person, be a forgiving person. If you wanna be an unhappy person, harbor grudges and be angry with people. You say, but Greg, wait, it's easy for you to stand up there and say that. People have hurt me. Yeah, you know what? People have hurt me too, believe it or not. I'm so adorable, how could that be? (laughs) We've all been hurt in life. But here's why you should forgive and here's why you should show mercy so you can live a happier life. It's on them. They did that. It's too bad they did that. I wish they hadn't done that thing to you. But uh, I'm gonna let it go. To not forgive is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. Think about it. It's like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. Friend, the rat's not gonna die. You're gonna die. And when you don't forgive and you allow your life to be filled with bitterness and you're not a merciful person, you're going to be a miserable person. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain
0: mercy. It's great to have you joining us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. Today, Pastor Greg is guiding us in a study of the Beatitudes and the attitudes that lead to true happiness directly from the Lord himself. Let's continue.
1: Number six, a happy person will be a holy person. A happy person will be a holy person. Now, you know, when we use the word holy, it's often in a negative way. Oh, they're so holier than thou. What does that mean? Well, they're so uppity. And, well, that's not a good trait. But actually, we should all want to be holy men and holy women. The Bible says, be holy as he is holy. But we don't understand what that means. We think being holy. Means that we never raise our voice. And we just we don't even occupy much space. We just sort, you know, just take this much space. I'm holy, holy. You're just weird. Okay, that's not that's not holiness, that's weirdness. Maybe if I re spell holy, it will help you understand what it means. Instead of spelling it H O L Y, spell it W H O L L Y. As in holy committed. So if you're wholly committed to Christ, you will be a holy person. And uh, blessed are these people who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does it mean to be pure in heart? You know, today we, we speak of our heart as sort of our emotion. We'll say, you know, my mind says one thing and my heart tells me another. What does it even mean, really? Well, my, my heart is just causing me to want to do this and and I, I don't know if I should do it or not. Well, you know, sometimes people say, I'm just listening to my heart. Well, be careful because the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. So when the Hebrews talked about the heart, they did not mean the heart obviously beating in your chest and they didn't even mean the mere emotional center. For the Jew, the heart, when we talk about the heart, we're talking about the emotional center, but also the intellectual center. So when we read to be pure in heart, it means we're to be pure in our inner core, people of purity. But we wonder, is it even possible to be pure today? Just like we would dismiss the word holy, we would dismiss the word pure, even as an insult. Oh, well, look at her. She's just as pure as the driven snow. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? The only thing we like pure is our drinking water. I want it pure. And, uh, but the thing is, blessed are the pure in heart. To be pure in heart can also be translated to be single in heart. So what it means is they have a single focus in life. You're a focused person, focused on your relationship with God. Number seven, a happy person will be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now this is one beatitude, pretty much everyone can applaud. Yes, blessed are the peacemakers. Let's work for peace, let's march for peace. Well, this isn't really talking about world peace, uh, though we all want world peace. And the fact is our planet has been plagued by war since our very beginning. In the past 4,000 years, there have been less than 300 without a major war somewhere. It seems as though peace is that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stops to reload, right? Think about how closely World War II followed World War I. And these wars just continue on and on. Albert Einstein uh, made this statement about atomic warfare, as they would call it then, and I quote, it is not a physical problem, but an ethical one, which terrifies us as not the explosive force of the atomic bomb, but the power of the wickedness of the human heart and its explosive power for evil. End quote. How right Einstein was. Because he is merely reflecting what the Bible says in James 4 when it says, Where do you think these appalling wars and quarrels come from? They come from yourselves because you want your own way. You fight for it deep inside of yourself. You lust for what you don't have and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what is in yours and you risk violence to get your hands on it. So yes, we are people that are in constant conflict. So what does it mean when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers? What it means primarily in context is blessed is the man or woman who has seen themselves as they really are, a sinner without a savior, a person who has become humble and meek, a person who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, a person who has a single focus on God, and a person who wants others to come into the same relationship with God because we're bringing the message of the Prince of Peace. Know this, peacemakers are often troublemakers. Here's how it works. Here's your family, bunch of non-believers. You get together, every Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever it is, drink, smoke, party, tell dirty jokes, it's your family, yeah. <laughs> then one day you go along and wreck everything and you become a Christian and you just ruined it all. Someone said, you've wrecked our family. Why did you have to go and become a Jesus freak? Now when we want to eat, we're standing around waiting for you to say, could, could we pray? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you just ruined everything. That We kind of had it all together as a family and now you brought this division in our family. And you say, yeah, that, that's happened to me. This doesn't make sense. Listen to the words of Jesus. It clarifies everything. Jesus is in Matthew ten thirty four, Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are those of his own household. You're saying, Greg, you've really lost me now. What does this mean? This is the division that brings unity. Here's what's happened. Your family was in a dark place. You just turned the light on. And everyone noticed it, and a lot of them don't like it. But you just hang in there, and you keep following the Lord, and pretty soon, another family member comes to Christ. And now another one comes to Christ. And now another, And before you know it, you're a Christian family. Because Christ has intervened. That's a good thing. But there's that initial friction that comes before you have the peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what it really means. You're spreading the gospel of peace. Blessed are the feet of those that bring glad tidings of the gospel of peace.
0: We're seeing how the Lord's prescription for happiness differs from the world's. Pastor Greg Laurie is leading our study of the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Join us next time on A New Beginning for more insight that will help you draw closer to the Lord. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Happiness, What Is It? and How to Have It? If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au